Hey, everybody. Welcome to the Enneagram and Christianity podcast and Crossroads Church podcast. Yeah, we're so grateful to be here today. Our podcast is on the type nine, and we're looking forward to hearing from a couple of great transforming nines this morning. Yeah, Seth and Alyssa are going to be our guests, along with Jazariah, who is a senior in high school. And so really, really cool. I love it. I wish I would have known my Enneagram style when I was a senior. Or at yeah, least yours. that might have been helpful, right? <laughs> yeah, so one of the things we are emphasizing is that the Enneagram is a tool for the good news. And we really believe um, that this tool of the Enneagram can be used as a neutral language with people to get them to pay attention to their lives and the way that they've been made in God's image. So we're actually looking at the person of Jesus in every type. So last week was eight, this week is? Type nine, and this week we're going to talk about Jesus calming the sea, because the type nine is the peaceful person, and no one exemplifies a peaceful person more than Jesus. Yeah, and Scott, you know, says that in his own humility, because he's one of the people that calms the storm regularly uh, in my life and the life of many others. So we're really glad you're here today. We're going to get to know the person of Jesus in every single Enneagram style. So welcome. Welcome. I got a peaceful, easy (laughs) feeling. (laughs) Yeah, Scott doing his own Eagles rendition, and you never know when that's going to come out. All right. Welcome. Jesus to Hotel California. 
But you know, here's the reality. When we're talking about you being made in God's image and likeness, but then you losing the likeness along the way and then getting stuck in your type, it's like checking into Hotel California and not <laughs> being able to get right. out. So you've got to have so a way to open up to the work of God. And aren't you glad it's available? Yes. Right? It is. It absolutely is. Well, I can see how excited you are about that. <laughs> I want you to know that... Well, now let's put it this way. Aren't you excited that the people around you should, can change? Oh, yeah, there you go. Excellent. Yeah, Excellent. Yeah, yes. that's probably better. <laughs> so... All the while, we keep saying you are more than your type, but there are nine personality styles that reflect the greatness of God, the power, the goodness, the love, the efficiency, the creativeness, the wisdom, the originality, the loyalty, the adventure, and the power of God. And so just so you know, you're not all of it, or we would have to worship you. Mm -hmm. Right? But God is all of it. And, and God more. And, more and more. And brings mm-hmm. more to us. So we're just grateful to lead the way uh, over these next couple of weeks to just say we can take on that image of God and you know, be open to more and more. Exactly. So uh, today we want to talk to you about the uh, style nine, which is the peaceful person. And we want to talk to you. We, we promised you that we're going to show you throughout the Gospels that Jesus shows up, for instance, in all of these styles. So today we're going to talk about Jesus is peace. And we all know that. We've all been around that at times. We want to talk about that for a couple of minutes. Yeah. And when... Oh, I could if you wanted me to. So here's what uh, Ron just said. He's so kind. Could you please put that in presenter mode? Let's hear it for the people who keep us straight. Hallelujah. All right. So first of all, we want to tell you about... We want to tell you about uh, that just a few things to help you during this journey is that we've got some different resources that you can tap into. We've got a podcast, uh, Enneagram in Christianity. So it just helps with some of the foundational things uh, and beyond that, but some of the foundational questions that you might have, like why in the world will we talk about the Enneagram? And as Claire said, uh, we're created in God's image and likeness. So we want to pay attention to that. And if we're to love not only God, but our neighbor as ourself, we've got to pay attention to what's going on inside of us. So the podcast will help you, a great tool for, for you to get some more information about some foundational stuff. Yeah, one, one person who came to our training this last week, because we certify people uh, helping professionals, he's from Oregon, and he said he listened to the one podcast about his type 50 times. And he really wanted to connect with Sean because he said Sean was his same style and he wanted to meet Sean at some point during the week and thank him that he was able to, to hear what he needed to hear. So let's thank God that God is reaching people all over yeah, with yeah, the yeah, good news of being created in God's image. Now, you know, we've written a couple of books and they're back there. We want you to know that all the prophets go to our Haiti missions, Michigan Human Trafficking, and our food pantry. So any book that you're buying on Sunday morning, all of the prophets go to our missions. You like that idea? Mm-hmm. Yeah, 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 come on. Hey, I mean, Scott, you should have seen him. He was like, what? And I'm only kidding. Anyway. <laughs> What? Anyway, um, some of you are saying, what in the world are we talking about? And what are these numbers about? 
Uh, so as Claire said, there's nine different styles, and there is an evaluation that we recommend. Not that, an evaluation, uh, an inventory. An inventory It's like looking in your cupboard. Well, I thought say, I was doing good to not say it's a test. Right. Because that but, would really but be But evaluation bad. would be bad for some of us, too. Yeah. Well, we right? just told the kids they're going to get evaluated for upwards, so I thought it was only fair uh, that the adults get yeah, evaluated. Yeah, yeah. Actually, what it is is an inventory. So it just tells you, like, how much of this you have in your cupboard, how much of that you have in your cupboard. No pass-fail. Yes. And then last but not least, we actually have a web page on the church website. Right. So that gives you what? A bunch of different resources of some of our recommendations of some reading materials and other resources that we would highly recommend. Uh, obviously, there's so much out in culture now. Uh, but these are, these are uh, resources that we've kind of looked through and we would recommend that you check out if you have some time and space. That's right. People who are lifting up the name of Jesus and have a, Christ, uh, a Christocentric perspective yeah, yeah. in life. So yeah. people like y'all. So here, um, here's a great scripture. Yeah, 2 Corinthians 3.18 in the Passion Version says, We can all draw close to him with the veil removed from our faces. And with no veil, we all become like mirrors who brightly reflect the glory of the Lord Jesus. We're being transfigured into his very image as we move from one brighter level of glory to another. And this glorious transfiguration comes from the Lord who is the Spirit. Yeah, and so many of you know that we talk about transformation being for the glory of God for living your best life, the abundance of your own soul, and for the sake of others. And the scriptures here, they'll be online for you. But there are so many scriptures inviting us to that. Yep. Calvin said this, said, One never attains to true self-knowledge until he has previously contemplated the face of God and come down, and come down after such contemplation to look into himself. Our wisdom, if it is to be thought genuine, consists almost entirely of two parts, the knowledge of God and the knowledge of ourselves. Some people would say, I don't really need to know about myself, I just want to know more about God. But we would say that when we pay attention to, to ourself, it's in that that we find out where our weaknesses are, where God can bring some growth and strength into our life, places that maybe we need to repent of, places we need to uh, give more attention to for, for growth and purpose. Mm -hmm. So uh, we think that's all totally connected. Our yeah. loving God, loving ourselves, and loving our neighbor, that we have to know ourselves in order to do that. Can we get an amen? Amen. Come on. All right. So the Enneagram is a tool for transformation, spiritual formation, discipleship, relationships, and sharing the good news. Mm -hmm. And all it means is nine points around a circle. And we have good news for nines. And an awesome nine that is going to read to us this morning. So would you guys welcome Jazriah? He is a nine, and he's about to tell you... A little bit about himself. It, it's, it's a very cool story. Now, what you need to know is Jezreel is going to run out of here after he reads because he is such an awesome nine. He's headed to his grandma's church for her birthday today. All right. So, you know, true nine fashion. True nine, true nine like, nine okay, fashion. yeah, I'll be there for Crossroads, <laughs> but then I'm going for grandma. So let's hear it for an awesome nine. All right. Read on, uh, Jezreel. I am a meditator who feels most comfortable when I bring peace and harmonize people. I naturally see everyone's side in a conflict and how each perspective is worthy of consideration. I recognize people's agendas and my diplomacy helps them make pe peaceful resolutions. Negotiating peace and 
Accommodating the feelings of others matters more than my own feelings. Dismissing my ideas, opinions, and feelings can make me appear passive or indecisive, but I prefer to save my decisiveness for the important issues. I tend to keep my anger in check, expressing it is so unpeaceful. I don't like confrontation and discomfort in relationships. I am adaptable, calm, non-judgmental, supportive. If I can see myself in all nine types, this may be my style. All right. So mama, is it him? <laughs> no joke, right? So you guys all stand up for a minute while Jezriah runs out of here to please his grandma. But, but, but before you go, Jezriah, I just want to say your touchdown on Friday night was so awesome. And, and the best part of it which you may not know a backstory, but the best part of it was that um, the guy, there was a, one of the team players' moms came and hugged your mom and said, it was so awesome, that, that was so awesome, and, and congratulations. And she said, oh, yeah, that's really cool. And then she saw her son come up and hug you, right? And so she said to her son later, oh, did you go up and congratulate Jezriah? And, and that mom said, no, actually, Jezriah thanked me for my part in the touchdown. So I just want to say that is nine, my yes, friend. Yes, it is. And we yes, love you. Go, go to your grandma. <laughs> <laughs> so we're going to stand together for the reading of God's word. But what we want to say is that the beauty of nines is that they just really do. They share. Mm-hmm. You know, they are not, they're not trying to attract attention to themselves. They're actually looking for how they can be a part of harmonizing the world, and, and Jazz did that. Exactly. Very, very cool. And Jesus now, you're going to get to see Jesus, the personification of peace. Jesus with the capital P, yeah. peace. Jesus, the peaceful person, right? In Mark 4, Scripture says, Later that day, after it grew dark, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's cross over to the other side of the lake. After they had sent the crowd away, they shoved off from the shore with him as he had been teaching from the boat. There were other boats that sailed with them. Suddenly, as they were crossing the lake, a ferocious tempest arose with violent winds and waves that were crashing into the boat until it was all but swamped. But Jesus, calmly sleeping in the stern, resting on a cushion... So they shook him awake, saying, Teacher, don't you even care that we're all about to die? Fully awake, he rebuked the storm and shouted to the sea, Hush, calm down. All at once, the wind stopped howling, and the water became perfectly calm. And then he turned to his disciples and said to them, Why are you so afraid? Haven't you learned to trust yet? In the NRSV, that hush, calm down is actually peace, be still. And how many times do you see that greeting throughout scripture? You know, peace. This, this gift of telling people to shh, calm it down, hush, be still. And the embodiment of nines, right, is a peaceful presence if they're connected to the God who's created them in God's own image. Exactly. You guys can go ahead and be seated. So we see here Jesus, as Claire said, the embodiment embodiment of peace. First of all, uh, if you really thought it through, 
you know that Jesus knows he's heading into a storm before it's even coming. Gets out on the boat and actually goes to sleep. The boat's probably about 25 feet long. Those fishing boats back in those days. So there's maybe 12, 13 people in a boat that's 25 feet long or so. And Jesus is out like a light. He's peaceful. And Have all you of a all sudden, ever felt like Jesus was out like a light during a storm in your life? Uh-huh, a couple times. So Jesus isn't surprised by the storm, but he's resting, sleeping, shows that Jesus is fully God and fully man, right? That he shows humanity the need for rest. The storm wells up and they are freaking out. At least some of the disciples that are in the boat are fishermen. They have an experience with the sea. They've been in storms before, but they're all freaking out about this storm. So it's a big one because these right. are people that have their sea legs, you know. And so there's probably maybe a little bit of throwing up their lunch, that yes. kind of stuff. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So they wake Jesus up. That's a good idea. And say, basically say, don't you know what's going on here? Jesus wakes up and speaks to the storm, speaks to the wind, speaks mm. to the water and calms the storm. So the freaking out, there's two pieces of fear that happen in this scripture. You can miss the second one. The first piece is the disciples are freaking out and unsettled around the fact that there's this storm. Jesus calms them. He speaks peace to the storm. But then he speaks peace to their soul again because once he brings peace to the storm, then they're freaking out because they realize they're in the boat with God. (laughs) And Jesus says to them, makes this statement that to us doesn't really mean a ton, but to them meant more than maybe it means to us. When he says, you of little faith, haven't you believed basically yet for what you've seen? He's referring back to all of the stories in the Old Testament. All of those storm and water stories, all of those stories where like Moses leads the people of Israel through the waters at the Red Sea and it's parted. All of those things he brings back to their remembrance and affirms their thought, maybe for the first time for some of them, that he really is indeed God. Mm-hmm. And when you hear peace be still from someone and you're freaking out, um, I don't know about you, but Scott says that a lot. Like, let's just, it's just like, bring it on down here. He has this way of, of saying everything's going to be okay. All will be well. And I have to tell you, my personality style, it doesn't always work the first time. <laughs> In fact, usually it irritates me. And I'll be like, don't be making a molehill out of my mountain, right? <laughs> this, is, right. this is really big. This is a huge deal. You know, it's, it's kind of like, um, you know, the kids come home with a particular grade. And you have that one parent that says, it's all going to be all right. And you're like, are you kidding me? Right? Or... What do you mean it's fine? Did you see the light bill? Did you see what's in the bank account? What do you mean, peace be still? You know, does anybody have someone in their life, a boss, a friend, a family member that says peace? Mm-hmm. Yeah, or be still, or it's going to be all right. Everything's fine. <laughs> yeah, that's my favorite, fine. I, I don't like that word. When he says fine, it's a fighting word for me. <laughs> it's like, you are going to have to find a different word. 
because it is not fine. But this, this peace be still, when I can remember that he really is embodying the peace of God for me, that it's actually Scott's gift and the people in your lives that they bring you when they actually have this peace in the midst of storms. When people are vomiting and people are going overboard and these people are like, just everybody chill, let's just chill, just bring it on down. When, um, when our kids were little, Sean and Kathleen, Scott and I, we went for a walk. We sat them in front of the TV, told them they can't go out on the back to the, you know, the lake when we were out at the cottage. And of course, children always obey and um, said, don't go out and back. But if you need us, ring the bell out in front. And we're just taking this little lap around the uh, cottage area, you know, just feet away. But, but we hear the bell, da-ding, da-ding, da-ding. Well, I immediately think some child is drowning. I take off like a bat out of you-know-what. I'm running, I'm running. Kathleen's running, we're charging. And of course, Sean's a, cha- a, a trained you know, person for trauma, so he's doing his deal. And Scott is just a nine. And so he's kind of like, while was, the thing is dinging. I wasn't walking. <laughs> You just made it look like I was walking to a perceived disaster. That's how it felt to you. Wow. And then he proceeds to tell me, after we get there, you really can't do CPR if you have no breath in your lungs. Small detail. Small detail. As I arrive, (laughs) you know. So there is this. It was a bee sting, by the way. It It wasn't. Nobody was was in the lake. But it was the bee sting of a child who was allergic to bees. I'm not trying to minimize okay, it, but nobody right, was drowning. <laughs> because in their true self... Everyone was fine. <laughs> peaceable, adaptable, compassionate, easygoing, supportive, patient, non-judgmental, self-effacing, diplomatic, ambassadors, unflappable. Like sometimes I just want to go flap, flap. <laughs> Non-anxious, emotionally regulated, calm, still, all will be well. They're like a bridge over troubled water. Let's sing it. (laughs) (laughs) Their personality style is the acceptor, the receptionist. They receive people. They're reconcilers. They're accommodating in relationships. And their communication style is easygoing. Like sometimes I'm just like, spit the words out. You're taking too long. Because he'll meander all over the place. And... I was thinking about, and then, oh, and here's this detail. Do you ever notice nines, like they meander all over the place when they're talking to you? See, somebody knows a nine. And, and the reason, Scott said, do you know why I meander? Because I'm choosing a phrase for every other style in the room. But I'm like, there's only me. Just choose my style. <laughs> Yes. This scripture in Philippians uh, 4, 6 really resonates with nine, uh, that nine style. It says, do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, present your request to God and the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. Mm. The scripture just helps regulate, doesn't it? It just regulates. Yeah. Except for when I can't be regulated. And well, then... you got to slow down enough when you're running to like <laughs> get regulated. Yeah. Right. And the beauty of that is this really is about a person of prayer. 
This is a person who's open to the non-anxious presence of God. The God who in boats that are about to turn over is sleeping, mm-hmm. right? This beautiful gift of people who can sleep even when life is tough. Get to know a nine and help them, you know, let, uh, yeah, help them too. But let them help you regulate some of this anxious presence. We'll get to the help we need in a minute. I know, Although you've done we're pretty coming. good at sharing uh-huh. it so far. So, you know, they, they do want to create mar- harmony and avoid conflicts and tension, right? right. You do. Yeah. Like to preserve things as they are. Mm-hmm. Not that we're opposed to them changing, but if, if they stay the way they are, that's cool with us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. And so they resist what would upset or disturb them. And in their false self, can you guys say noonday demon? So it just false means self what shows up at about noon. Or whenever you're at your worst. Yeah. Like after you said, Jesus, I'm never going to. Right. Maybe we should tell them what the false self is first before we tell them about that. Yeah. What yeah. The it? false self, if, you're, if you were here last week, we went through this a little bit. But if you weren't here. So the false self is, you want me to meander a minute? <laughs> um, thank you. So the false self are, is like scripturally, the parallel is old man, old person. It's our sin well, nature. Not like an old person, but yeah, your old nature before you came to Christ. Right, right. right. That unredemptive side of us, that part of us that hasn't been transformed yet into the image of Christ. It's that part of us that we're still working on or allowing God to move in our life that needs uh, work. So for nines, uh, we move to sloth. Now, sloth, when you think of sloth right away, we just think of they're just lazy, but there's nines, uh, many nines, most nines actually that I know are not lazy people at all, but it's just this inertia. It's just like this slowing down as Claire's describing, but to the point where it keeps you from what you were designed to do and be. This, 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 um, uh, uh, this just kind of a passive aggressive type of behavior, this slowing down. Our tendency as nines is we merge with others um, and that we're really aware of our own needs. We're very aware of your needs when we're in a room. Part of the reason why nines are diplomatic and ambassadorial is they uh, are good at taking in everybody's position and working with that but we're very unaware of our own needs. Um, One of the hardest questions for me as a nine is when somebody says, what's your desire? That is really a tough question because I could probably tell you uh, what what the people close to me or that I'm doing life with, what their desires are pretty readily, Um, but it's hard for me to get in touch with my own desires. So that's not good because that affects things like uh, when you go out to eat with a nine and, and you say, where do you want to go eat? It's like, well, I, don't know, I really don't know. You know, wherever you want to eat. And sometimes that's cool because it really is what, what we want to do. You just decide where we're eating. But sometimes we just don't have a clue in life where we want to eat. Anyway, indecisive, numbed out, spaced out, apathetic, undisciplined, unassertive, passive aggressive, procrastination, um, we're, we can be good at waiting till the last minute to finish a task. Um, 
we just kind of like to wait and hang out. That's obviously not a good thing. Power down when action is needed, as Claire was describing. You know, that situation at the cottage worked out fine and dandy, but there's other times where the powering down when action is needed is not good. Almost like it's like a paralysis that can happen for a nine. When they're living in unhealth, inert, like uh, inertia, there's this kind of, there's always this resistance to moving forward. Nines can be lazy. We can all be lazy. You, if you're not a nine, you're probably <laughs> lazy at times too, but we just have a different brand of lazy and stubborn. I can be more stubborn than anyone. I like almost at times think, I'll bet I'm the best stubborn person in the world. <laughs> that is not a good thing. For those of you that are nines, especially, let me just help you because I, I, like, I really do think I'm really good at being stubborn. That is not good. I've learned that. I, I'm, I'm almost 60 now. I've learned stubborn's not good. So that's the, the nines that are around you in their unhealth. So we're going to move this table aside and invite um, Seth and Alyssa over uh, to come and hang out with us, two of our resident nines. And while we do that, let's just see a sloth. Eating. I mean, check this dude out. He doesn't even look at the food. He just keeps reaching down, looking for what he wants. Then he digs in. He discovers that that actually isn't what he wants. Like, I'm not even going to roll over. he's not going to even turn over and look. It's just hilarious. Look, now, now it's the carrots I want, but I'm not going to look. I'm just going to keep... T- <laughs> Isn't that fun? I love it. I love it. That's anyway. what I woke up to this morning. Claire showed me this video. I'm like, really? What are you trying to say? You got it. Did you love that? It is so much fun. Let's hear it for Seth and Alyssa. Let's hear it for them. Slots are awesome. So um, we have a handheld right there, I guess, underneath. And, um, and so these guys know that they are nines, and, um, and they have been on a really transforming journey. In fact, um, both Seth and Alyssa have been really studying the Enneagram for quite a while now and doing some great work around the true self, false self stuff. So which of you would like to go first to tell us about what it's like to be a nine and what's easy, what's hard? Neither of us, of course. <laughs> yeah. So, yeah, of course, being a nine, this is the last place that we want to be. We'd rather be in the back there hiding from Claire. But How many years did you hide from me on Facebook, by the way? 15, 14, something like 14, 15. <laughs> she just got off the blacklist last night. Um, but unfortunately, I'm too tall, so she does notice me in the back and calls me out <laughs> once in a while. Um, but yeah, um, just agreeing with everything you were going through up here. It's like reading your, di- your diary. <laughs> right, right, right. Um, the slothness, I think, um, it's almost like an inner peace that mm. people don't recognize that 
we do recognize that God is peace, mm-hmm. and we keep falling back into that, almost a blind faith, I guess, in God, mm-hmm. that people can't see that we can be so trusting. Like, how are you peaceful in this moment? It's like, well, it's going to end okay. Get, get, yeah, you, so you say that too. It's going to end okay. Right. God's got me. I He's bet you tick Danielle off sometimes too when you say Absolutely. that. Absolutely. <laughs> <laughs> she gets stressed out and I'm like, let's just calm down for a minute and talk about it. Actually, don't talk about it. I want to talk, but. <laughs> um, but yeah, it's, uh, I think the sloth is sometimes mistaken for the inner peace. Yeah, so it you know so it's really a gift. You have four daughters, right? And um, all under the age of nine, yep. all under the age of nine. And I watch you, Seth. I mean, you're magnificent, Dad. And mm-hmm. nines classically can, are great, peaceful, calm parents. And I mean, he's like balancing this, that, and the other thing. He's cooking. He's picking a kid up. He's run, you know he's cleaning up vomit off the floor. I've watched. I've seen. And, and you have, and so the sloth, we can say that that is a bad thing, but it's also a gift. So remember that whenever our gift is taken to its own too much, that's when it becomes a bad thing. Because your ability to slow down and regulate the energy in your house, just like a sloth, like people love to watch sloths because they're just not anxious. Mm-hmm. They're like, yeah, we'll get there. I'll find, instead of, where's my carrot? You know, it's just this, Really wonderful ability to chill. Well, what wing are you guys? Are you mm. nine ones? Uh, I, well, it depends on who I'm with. If I need to be. <laughs> <laughs> so if you're going to talk about wings, that would take us into a whole other stratosphere. But yeah. you're talking about the good person on one side or the powerful person on the other. Mm-hmm. And you tend to go where power or goodness. Eight, which yeah. Ian Cron says in his Road Back to You book is, the most complicated number in the Enneagram because it's a walking contradiction between power and peace. So it's exhausting. I think nines can tend for that. It's mm-hmm. exhausting always being peaceful. Oh, gosh, yeah. Trying to make all of us peaceful, yes. that's got to be exhausting. Yeah. 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 Well, that's why Alyssa takes a lot of naps. <laughs> Come on, tell them, Alyssa. Well, I've actually heard myself say before, man, I'm really tired, and then I think... I'm really not tired, but I just keep telling myself that. <laughs> I do enjoy a nap once a week. Uh-huh. Yeah. In fact, I'm a little bit in mourning right now because um, Mondays I have to be up so early, I can't nap on Sunday because then I won't get to bed on time to be up and I'll just be tired all day Monday. So during the school year, I miss my Sunday nap. So like your life is planned around these naps. It kind of is, yeah. And partly because I am totally overcommitted and, um, you know, have too much going on. And I find, you talking about the sloth thing, I find that when I am overcommitted, like I can't, keep everything in order in my mind to the point that it like seizes up almost like I I am like I can't even process anything more right now so I will look at this thing that it's like the most that's like the the fire that has to be put out most immediately I will focus on you I can't even think about the thing that I have to have done in three days like so then I am always putting out the fire because I can't 
because I keep thinking, oh, I can do that thing too, right? I just, yeah. Yeah. That is that. Ex- that's why you need a nap. Yeah. <laughs> right. That. That's, I think it is. Yeah. 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 That's exhausting. And both of you are educators, and so um, and, and you're a therapist, Alyssa. But you, so you teach. You teach what age? Uh, I have one eighth grade class, and the rest are high school. Age. Yeah. Yeah. History. History and civics, and I'm actually teaching the enneagram right now to my uh, college prep class. That is so awesome. And, uh, and, and so you guys that need these naps, why do you surround yourself with young people that have so much? Like, that just is fascinating to me. Do they give you energy? or do? They, yeah? I don't know. What is the matter with you? T- turn around and take a look at some of the famous um, people that we wonder if they're nines. And, of course, Jesus is in every one of the styles. And is there any one of them that you relate to? Like, oh, yeah, I know a little bit about that. I've always been drawn to Abraham Lincoln. Um, yeah, we talked about that at the, uh, when we were doing the class upstairs. Yeah, say a little bit about that to the folks about Abraham Lincoln. I mean, it just, uh, we just went through the whole Civil War in our history class, too, and just the amazing ferocity that he had for against slavery. I mean, we would not have abolished slavery without him, I don't think. Not for a long time, at least. Mm -hmm. And that peaceful presence. But one of the things I notice about him is all the wrinkles on his face. Like, he carried the weight of the world. You don't have any wrinkles yet, Seth. Not yet. Well, my girls, they lost my hair already. (laughs) (laughs) Um, But, yeah, people don't know that Abraham Lincoln, like, had four sons. He lost all of them. Um, well, three, three of them all died before the age of 18. Mm. Wow. And during that fight for um, the 13th Amendment, he was going through, they had just lost their second son. Wow. Um, at the age of 12 or something. Mm-hmm. And so he, they, they diagnosed him with melancholy, which was depression nowadays. But they just... He just lumbered around, and everybody thought he was just... But he was going through so much in his life, but he still somehow became one of the most amazing presidents we've ever had. Right. He was able to bring peace in the midst of deep grief in his own life. Mm-hmm. Right? And mm-hmm. use the word lumbered around because there is, a, there is an animal that's known for being a nine. Do you want to say what that is? What, the sloth? Well, the or, elephant. Oh, the elephant. That too, Yeah. Such great power, but the slow, methodical kinds of movements. Yeah, thanks. Anybody you uh, resonate with up there, Alyssa? Um, Well, let me just say, you remind me of Mr. Rogers. You do, because the way you talk to kids. Like, you know, like she's the kind of parent when the child is freakazoid, or the student is freakazoid, she's like, and tell me more about that. (laughs) Whereas a three-parent would be like, really? I'm going to tell you about that. (laughs) So I was just in a group recently where we were talking about patience, and um, the question was asked, who here is patient? And I raised my hand, and I was the only one in the room who raised my hand. I thought, what? And then I thought, you know, I am patient until I'm not. 
<laughs> and then it's like, I'm patient, 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 and then it's all done. Uh-huh. <laughs> like, uh, I'm done being patient. Well, that's a great setup for what we're about yeah. to talk about. But I, I want to just say that, remember, there are really like nine levels of health with every type two. So you'll see really healthy nines, really unhealthy nines. And I just want to thank these two for being exemplars of people who are doing their own inner work and bringing their best selves to the world in the way that you're teaching kids and helping people on the journey. So you guys want to thank these guys for coming. Yeah, and, and so the world is filled with people who exemplify God in very particular ways. And if these nines are healthy, they're actually practicing that prayer uh, of the scripture we just read from Philippians mm-hmm. about be anxious for what? Nothing. Nothing. That's why they say it's okay. Mm-hmm. Everything's going to be fine. I mean, that's quite a word. Be thank- anxious for nothing. But mm-hmm. the scripture memory verse that can activate nines. Right. The scripture out of Matthew 11 is a great scripture for nines to really engage and be mindful of needing to take some action. The realm of heaven's kingdom is bursting forth and passionate people have taken hold of its power. Mm. So um, as much as uh, one, of the, one of the things about nines is their conflict avoidant, um, like we try to avoid conflict at all costs. However, some people think that they'll never go to conflict, but what nines will do is they'll go to conflict to get back to peace. The goal is always to get back to a peaceful place. Mm. So um, they will eventually go to, con- they will go to action even around conflict, but generally it's to get back to peace. It's like if I have no other option, that's where I'm going to go. And what's one of the breath prayers that helps you do that? Breath prayer, great breath prayer is mighty God. Breathing in. Breathing in, mighty God, and breathing out, Prince of Peace. Like if you're going into a tense situation or you're living in a tense season, especially uh, for nines, just uh, breathe in that mighty God. Just remind yourself with your breath, let your, let your physiology, as we say, let your physiology line up with your theology. Mighty God, Prince of Peace. Because at the end of the day, it's God who has to empower us with any of these uh, characteristics to live our best life, right? Mm-hmm. And that's, I think, where you breathe in that on the way to back to the cottage. <laughs> so there's lots of spiritual practices, friends, that you can take a look at. We have the resources for you to look at, but there really mm-hmm. are practices that can relax that inner energy and move you into active energy. But relating to nines, how many of you know a nine? Okay, because nines sometimes merge with the perspective of others, ask them questions about their ideas, their opinions, and their needs, respecting their individuality, right? Mm -hmm. Learn how to love a nine. Ask them. These are some things I've learned by talking to Scott. But you have your own nines in your life. Say, how can I love you better? Because you would just, you know, you would just give up your desires for everybody else in the whole household. So what, what is it that you want? And how can I make space for you to do what you enjoy? How can I get out of the way for you to actually let yourself enjoy this moment fully and not have to think about what any of the rest of us I think you could add to that list. I think most nines, and let me know, nine. most nines would take cash and prizes too. Like if you could add that to loving a nine. (laughs) And cash and prizes. Yeah. So why don't you all stand up with us and, you know, and just, uh, just consider the fact that The invitation, the golden thread all the way through scripture is to love God with your, with your mind, your heart and your strength. And then the second is 
as important to love your neighbor as yourself. And so here is this reality. There are nine different perspectives that are actually complicated by other things like your nurture, your life where you grew up, and then the free will, what you've decided. And if we could grow in compassion and empathy, this world would be different. Like if we could have compassion for ourselves and get off our own back, you know, and say, oh yeah, that is a place where I want to grow. And if I can bring attention to that, if I can bring awareness to the awareness I need to change, I can bring attention to and bring intention, like I'm going to intentionally do something about that. The world can change. And then if like... I'm kidding with Scott about his nine stuff. And we do, we, we did. We laughed with the sloth for like 20 minutes this morning. I'm not kidding you. It was hilarious. It was great. And, and, and if we can bring that kind of um, full presence to each other, if, if I can laugh at myself and Scott can laugh at himself, then we can bring empathy to the places that need right, care right. So and good. comfort and blessing, yeah. right? And if I can learn to accept the f- f- fine word, You know, in the middle of a storm, if I can learn to accept peace, be still, I'm receiving something from God through this instrument of peace. Like I can, I can be regulated in my emotions through someone who has this grace and gift. And so this morning, let's just pray. And maybe you could bow your head and, and just ask God. God, how can I offer both compassion to myself and empathy for another person? And specifically nines today, the people who embody the peace of God, that's got to be a big weight. Even as Seth was saying, that's a big weight to be the person that's always bringing the peace. And yet... um, We don't always receive it, God, through the people that you've intended to bring peace through. So just bring to your mind right now that person who tells you it's going to be okay, everything's fine, God's got this, don't worry, don't be anxious, hush, be still. And bring them fully into your mind right now and pray for them, for the weight they're carrying. Trying to bring peace to a lot of people who don't have peace. Let's just pray for them. Oh God, help them with this divine call you have on their lives to bring peace. And help me receive the gift when they say to me, peace, be still. And for all of our nines in the room, we bless what's happening in your life. And we pray that you would get off your own back and be able to tell us what it is that you need. We bless these people who are a picture of your peace, God. Quiet light of the morning sky, sweet shalom of God, 
this blessing that's in the book that Claire and Scott have written for us to be able to learn and study from. So as we close out this section, learning about the nines, take time to breathe in this blessing, creating space for your soul. May the Holy Three bless this all-inclusive journey home to your true self. May God the Father direct you with courage and insight as you consider your next steps. May the heart of Jesus draw forth and encourage your heart's desire to make a difference. May the Holy Spirit ground you and empower you with the initiative to activate all that is meant to be accomplished in you. And may the sacred peace of the Trinity that passes all human understanding lead you on your road while on this journey 
upholding you and loving you. Amen. Have a wonderful week, everyone. We hope to see you back next week as we continue on this journey together. Sweet Shalom, oh God, beautiful Prince of bring to our lives your sweet release. Sweet Shalom, make us your Wow, how about those Enneagram Nines? Yeah, wasn't that wonderful to listen to Seth and Alyssa? Seth talking about Abraham Lincoln. Nothing like a nine that is a history teacher, telling you a little bit about the nine energy in history, that style. Bringing peace right in a time of great conflict. Mm -hmm. And it wasn't just peace out. It was peace and enacting action in order to end slavery. Right, and Abraham Lincoln being able to do that even in the midst of turmoil, as Seth told us, in his own life. So that was really awesome. Right, and then Alyssa with the the ability to um, listen to children. And I love that she's able to ask questions when people are saying, you know, it's just too much. And she can say, well, can you tell me more about that? We want to invite you to next week. We're going to be talking about the good person. And and so if you don't know your Enneagram style, we want to invite you. Check out uh, WEPS, W-E-P-S-S dot com. And there is an inventory there that you can take, and that might help you settle on what type you may be yeah and just know that we are not putting anybody in a box we're helping you discover your dominant style or type so that you can keep becoming the person that god intended you to be and so really cool next week the ones i love it we had a young uh, mom in her 20s she's a cheerleading coach and she's a one and she said can i sit on the panel next week And so we're really thrilled to bring you uh, one of our good friends and and one of the people that are a part of Crossroads community. Yeah, it's going to be a great week. Don't miss it. So again, Style One next week. We look forward to being with you. And please feel free to invite your friends, uh, both online and in person. Um, We really believe that the Enneagram is a an evangelistic tool that gives people a way to hear the good news of how God has created them in God's own image. So hope to see you next week. Yeah, don't miss it. It's going to be wonderful.